Patreon bonus episode. Today we're speaking to Laika Zakayan. She's a journalist from Nagorno-Karabakh, born and raised there and now currently reporting on the war going on on her doorstep. Sorry about the sound, but she's had to record this from a basement due to the bombs. Hello? Hello? Hello, how are you? You alright? Uh, fine, thank you. And you? Yeah, good. How do you pronounce your name? I want to get it right. Lika. Lika, okay, great. And your surname? Yeah, uh, Zakarian. Zakarian, okay, excellent. Um, and you're in Karabakh right now? Yes, I'm Stepanakir, the capital of Karabakh. Okay, okay. And you're from there, right? Yes, I was born here and uh, raised up here. Um, maybe you can tell us about the situation right now. What's it like there? Yesterday, the ceasefire agreement was signed, uh, like the day before. And from yesterday, uh, 12 o'clock in, in a daytime, there was supposed to be a ceasefire. And we were kind of happy because uh, during the day, Stepanakert um, were not uh, heard these noises of bomb and so on. But in a front line, the war continued. So there was no ceasefire, actually. Azerbaijan um, violated the agreement of ceasefire and attacked the the front line and also then started to attack Stepanakert, the capital city of Artsakh. So yesterday at night, uh, like at 12, um, nearly um, 11.30, uh, PM. They started to uh, they started to bomb Stepanakert again. Um, that's an awful feeling because uh, till four o'clock, uh, four a.m., uh, we couldn't fall asleep because they were bombing. They were bombarding the city all this all the time, and, uh, and these noises were really really awful because it was not similar to to days before because they were doing this before also but this time it was like uh, it was much more like that's why it was really awful and in the morning uh, we woke up very sad because we really had a hope that this ceasefire will work but now we we don't know what to hope and we don't know what's going to happen with us. Right. Um, how, how do you stay, I mean, it's impossible to stay completely safe, but how do you work there in Stepanaka when they're, they're, from what I've seen, they're bombing indiscriminately, you know? There's no targets specific. It seems like anywhere is a target. How do you, how do you stay safe there? Where do you stay? How do you operate? Um, so when when we go out, honestly, that's a really good question because it's really dangerous. And uh, I don't have a helmet or something else. Like only yesterday, I had this uh, like special jacket. I don't know how to say it. Uh, like uh, the protective uh, jacket. Yeah, body uh, armor. Only. Yeah, I had it only yesterday, but the days before I didn't even have that uh, because it's very hard to find it. And um, to walk, uh, just to walk is very dangerous because you are right. We never know when they can bomb and where they can bomb because they target also the civilians uh, houses and uh, infrastructures that are not at that are have nothing to do with military stuff like you know emergency squad when um 
like guys are like firemen and other people like they go and help people so they serve to simple civilians they uh, targeted their building uh, twice and they tried to um, destroy them and they while they were doing organizing humanitarian aid like simple food for for people and that's why it's very it's very very dangerous when we go out we're not sure that we're going to come back that's why people usually don't go out and yesterday was very risky for me to go out and take some uh, new pictures uh, because i really want to share with the world what happens here yeah um and what is happening right now how are the uh, the people living day to day whilst this is all going on um, well, it's kind of difficult in the way that uh, there are no shops open and uh, like maybe one or two. Uh, so that's why it's kind of difficult um, to find food or something like this. But uh, many uh, we, we are getting humanitarian aid from many people, mostly from diaspora Armenians and from Armenian like Armenians, people who live in Armenia in Yerevan, we are getting humanitarian aid. They bring food to some like places, and sometimes the volunteers get this uh, food, uh, give this food to uh, the civilians, or people go to these places and take some food because it's uh, food or medicine. Um, that's a, a bit difficult uh, nowadays, you know, even. Even food can be a big problem, or or you can go out for food and you can just die during the during that time. Jesus, um, and have you been staying in the basements? I've seen a lot of people are kind of having to sleep in the basements and what have you. Yeah, yeah, many people are. Uh, I mean, nearly all the people in Stepanakert now stay in the basements. I get only my grandfather is not staying because he doesn't want. He says, "If I die, I will die in my house. I'm not going to go to any basement." Wow. But I guess everyone else stays in basements. And um, my house was kind of damaged. It wasn't destroyed, but uh, next to my my house, the next street, there was a, a smash, um, explosion, and uh, the the bathroom. Uh, we don't have already the part of our bathroom like um so that's that a bit and we don't have electricity access to electricity in my house and we don't have access to water or to gas or something like this that's why i'm staying in another place with very close people of mine and uh, that's kind of a private shelter mm. a private basement uh, so there are not so many people there are my relatives but many people uh, live like all together um, in the basement they share and they street uh, they sleep on the ground uh, and it's kind of cold and there are no um you know there you cannot go like all the time to i don't know even wash yourself i mean uh, to take a bath is a big big um thing already for us because you might get bombed or because there's no water yeah basement there are no bathrooms mm. and if you want to take a bath you have to go up to, to the to your house and when they start to bomb you may not even hear because of the water sound and you can just die there and um, or or i don't know you can it, it's really impossible and also in many streets we don't have access to water as well water as well so we don't have this um, yeah we don't have access to water jesus um and how many civilians have been killed in stepanakert do you know um 
I don't know about the Panikat exactly, but in our town, uh, during this time, um, there uh, nearly, I, I cannot say the exact number because I didn't read the news today, but nearly 20 people, 20 civilians uh, died. Mm. And how do you think the, uh, do you think this, the ceasefire, like, I mean, what do you think is going to happen with that? It's, it's already been violated. Do you think there's any hopes that they can kind of sort this out? Uh, I really hope, but you know, I think it's it's really difficult. And now, uh, what international society can do, and I, I think have to do, um, is to recognize Artsakh, to recognize Nagorno-Karabakh as an independent country, because only this way they can uh, come like into this and try to protect. And you know, uh, nowadays Artsakh is fighting against not only Azerbaijan but also against a big Turkey and mm. also Syrian troops. That mm. uh, uh, I mean, and it's proven. And uh, it, it's like uh, fighting against terrorism. And Artsakh is so small and not recognized and weak. I mean, we we have we don't have that much. Uh, I, I, I'm very surprised how we can do this all, how we can handle this. And if the international society doesn't do anything, you know, it, it can become uh, the third world war because there are so many actors in this war, except for Armenia and Azerbaijan or Karabakh. There are so many actors and so many countries that are kind of involved into this everything. So if no one is going to stop this right now it can become a really really uh, world disaster mm. have you seen uh, any intervention from russia at all they don't seem to be helping armenia from what i've seen i don't know i can't say so uh, the thing that uh, they announced uh, they they tried to do their best on making this um, ceasefire agreement was already a big sign and we were very happy for that but uh, it it didn't work and i mean um it was from Azerbaijani side it was very unrespectful uh towards to russia uh, to uh, violate the ceasefire agreement and i don't know what russia going to do but i think they have to do something mm. um and how do you feel, you know, you're from Nagorno-Karabakh, you're born and raised there. How do you feel about the fact that, like, Turkey is sending Syrian mercenaries in to fight your people? Uh, Azerbaijan is saying they're going to exterminate everybody. Like, how does that make you feel as a local person? But that's that anti-humanistic. That's the all. I don't know. I, I cannot even find a word for that. You know, my brother is in the front line. My boyfriend is in the front line now. And there are uh, there are simple people. There are like simple civilians. Okay, now they are kind of soldiers, but they are not um, like professional killers. You know, like mm. like this Syrian. Uh, group is and uh, i feel that it's so unfair and i feel that they they really want to continue the armenian genocide uh, and they didn't succeed to do it before and i feel that it's not even just a war between like azerbaijan or karab or, or, and karabakh but it's also a try to 
to make uh, another genocide of Armenians with the help of Syrian troops. And you, have you heard, like, from your boyfriend, from your brother, what are they saying it's like on the uh, front lines? You know, we we uh, don't ask a lot because it's yeah. not uh, um, it's not um, okay to speak by telephone. It, uh, because they can listen to that or something like this so right. we don't even we don't even talk by phone about these kind of things you know we just call them and we just uh, hear their voice and and that's enough but we know they are alive and that that's very sad we cannot even ask how are they are where they are what they are doing but we we don't ask anything just to hear their voice is enough at this moment mm-hmm. um and if you, you could, you know, if the international community was listening, what would you say, you know, to the UN, to NATO, to all those people? Yeah, I would say um, this is this is not a problem of Armenians, what happens. It's not a problem of Karabakhian Armenians. It's a problem of the whole world who wants to fight against terrorism. And if you want, if you really want to do something, and I guess you have to do something, is to recognize Artsakh, to recognize Nagorno-Karabakh as an independent country. Only this way you will be able to do something or to stop this unfair war. Yeah, um, the Azeris will say, well, the UN has recognized Karabakh as Azeri land. They say it's occupied by Armenia. Like, what would you say to that? Well, um, I guess, you know, I wouldn't like to go deep into the history, but like everyone knows that Karabakh is an ethnic Armenian uh, land from, I don't know, which which year before the Christian. And uh, it was given to Azerbaijan uh, in 1920s by Stalin because that time it was convenient for them. Uh, and people didn't want that. People didn't want that at all. And throughout, uh, during that old year till 1988, when the Karabakhian movement started, people, uh, Karabakhian Armenian people, they were doing everything, like gathering signatures, writing letters to the to the head of uh, the USSR or everyone. But it didn't work. People had no other way because then it it wasn't. Uh, possible to stay under Azerbaijani uh, like uh, government at all and then people just went to the streets and asked because you know people have the um, the right to decide where where they want to be how they want to live and that's a rule of UN like you know and uh, people have this right and uh, Karabakhian Armenians didn't want anything but they wanted to use their right what they what they have right to do and since then but of course Azerbaijan didn't accept that and then it, it became to a like war and um, you know we we don't agree with the world uh, with the word occupied nobody occupied you know mm. it's not that armenia came and occupied no there were like the people uh, this is something very important people have to know about karabakhian conflict that this it wasn't occupied by someone it was something what happened by people who were living there karabakhian armenians so it was it 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 happened just like that nobody came and said okay i'm taking it that that's not true and we uh, don't uh, agree to this word at all 
Yeah, it's sometimes I think people say, oh, well, the UN said it. It's like, well, so what? <laughs> you know, like, the UN has not been around for anywhere near as long as these, like, ancient lands. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, Lika, is there anything else you want to say before we go? Um, I think no. <laughs> okay, stay safe um, and keep in touch. I hope things work out for you. Thank you so much for getting in touch with me. It was very, very nice to talk to you. No problem. Stay safe if you can. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Be sure to check out what Lika's doing. She's doing a lot to uh, report on the current situation in Stepanica. Follow her on Twitter at L-I-K-A-Z-A-K-A-R-Y-A-N. Lika Zakayan. Check her out.